this week on the longest ever episode of Frantic Thoughts, I have Ryan at It's Rocket Sauce from the Cartridge Club and the Cartridge Club Prime Podcast, and we talk all about Nintendo 64 here on Frantic Thoughts, episode 65. 64 on 65. Yeah, I totally did that on purpose. <laughs> What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Frantic Thoughts, the most... almost... I almost screwed that up. Uh, the podcast, the video game and entertainment podcast that nobody asked for. Uh, it's kind of awkward for me today because I have a guest. What's up? I have Ryan It's Rocket Sauce here with me. How are you doing? Terrific. Thanks for having me, Josh. <laughs> uh, I Obviously, I'm not used to having a guest. And I've only had a couple of guests here, and most of the time it's family members and P2. So uh, you get the the graceful, uh, the amazing opportunity to be my guest today. And uh, cool. today we're going to talk about Nintendo 64 on episode 65, because I don't plan anything out. <laughs> Woo. So uh, we're going to start off today with the topic of the week. So, uh, Ryan, you're a big yes. Nintendo 64 guy. So, Huge. what is your earliest Nintendo 64 memory? Um, I would say probably for memory, I won't say it. It's probably looking at a EGM magazine, um, Electronic Gaming Monthly, and seeing pictures of the start screen from Super Mario 64. Where you just see Mario's face for the load screen before you press start, uh, and I believe it was called the Ultra 64 at the time. So I remember, I think this might have been shortly after um, I got my Super Nintendo because I got it from Funko Land, mm -hmm. and that also came with a subscription to Game Informer, uh, which is you know kind of what GameStop hands out now. And I, I think it came out probably four four months after get, getting my used Super Nintendo from Funko Land. Um, and just flipping through it, and I just remember I was just like, whoa, this is amazing. Just look at these graphics. Um, but I guess for maybe gameplay, I want to say it's probably seeing Super Mario 64 at a Target kiosk. Uh, in the line, there was to play it. So th that's probably the earliest recollection I have of the console. Yeah, for me, it's... Uh, I associate Nintendo 64 with my dad, and uh, I don't have the greatest you know connection with my dad nowadays, but... Back then, you know, my, my parents got divorced when I was around 10, but I do remember my dad loving the Nintendo 64 just as much as I do, and uh, talking to him specifically about uh, Super Mario 64, we had a PlayStation 1, and I love Crash Bandicoot, and that's a, my first experience with a 3D game, period. And I remember talking to him about Super Mario and the evolution of Super Mario, and going to Toys R Us and playing the demo kiosk there and spending, I don't know, maybe 30 minutes. When you're a kid, time is kind of weird. So it could have been an hour, it could have been 15 minutes, but spending just messing with Mario's face on that title screen at a mm -hmm. Toys R Us. And uh, I remember talking to him, trying to figure out, uh, I had 
earned money through doing chores from my grandparents and my mom and I'm like alright I have enough to get a Nintendo 64 so let's figure this out and we went to multiple stores over the course of this entire Saturday trying to find a Nintendo 64 and we eventually got one and I I can't recall exactly how much I paid for it but that was a really great memory I had with my father which uh, a after I turned 15 I don't have too many memories with my dad but that was really great memory so I always connect that memory with him so that's awesome in my opinion cool. <laughs> so um, yeah uh, I don't know why I picked Nintendo 64 of any anything I know you're the biggest Nintendo 64 collector maybe I know do you have a full set complete set of Nintendo 64 games no or North American yes yeah um, I don't have the there's a few different um, shell variations if you will so I have a couple of them I yeah. have a couple Turok 2s that are the two different colors, and um, but there's definitely a few that are uh, very much you know the different color ones. I'm trying to remember a few of the other ones off the top of my head. I believe um, Hydro Thunder has two different shell color ones, um, a gray and a blue. Uh, but you know, I I I my ultimate goal wasn't that when collecting the console. That might be something you know I pursue further down the road. Um, I'm kind of in a Manuel hunting mode right now, where I'll be oh, hunting yeah. Manuels now, probably going forward for it. Um, so, like, at Portland, because I will be attending uh, PRGE this year, um, besides looking for NES Manuels, I will be looking for N64 ones, mostly going after the or the games I love the most. Um, now, granted, um, with my collection, it ultimately started uh, when I probably got my first job when I was probably around 13 or 14 years old. I worked my schools uh, in, in my local area. We do uh, fish fries, especially during Lent, once a month. Um, That's cool. And it's fried fish, you know, I guess it's kind of a thing because all, all the Catholics here in my area. Yeah. Uh, so, so I would work it, and I would use my tip money to go buy um, N64 games. So... I actually still have a lot of the boxes and manuals from when I originally bought them, um, but I don't have it for a complete set. Uh, I, I will go after the games like I don't have, like a Super Smash Brothers. I, w I don't know if I so much want the boxes, but I would like to have the books at least. Mm -hmm. um, but, but for North American, yes, I have uh, that. I, I have debated going for Japanese as well, but I can't read Japanese. <laughs> um, so I, I, I'm kind of in the, the debate mood right now. Do I go after reproductions? Because, you know, there's a lot of fake, um, English translations. Or do I just yeah. buy an EverDrive? Because I'm ultimately going to buy an EverDrive so I can play um, some hacks and, and whatnot. So it's, yeah, it's kind of where I'm at right now, where I want to go with, you know, with this collection, if you will. Yeah, you get to that point, like, you, you have all the games you probably want for the Nintendo 64, so you want to, like, expand by uh, seeing some homebrews, hacks, and different things that people have uh, come up with, right? So, mm -hmm. correct. Th that's a good way to go about it. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, uh, I'm sorry, I'm very awkward. I, I really don't that's have guests that, that often, sorry, man. Um, anyway, uh, I was gonna talk, I don't wanna speak for Sierra, but I know that she is start. she started an N64 collection a couple years ago and she's doing the same thing where she wants to get that complete set because I know she didn't have it as a kid and now having that you know set is uh, one of those pie in the sky things for her so I'm 
sure she's pretty jealous that you have that full in the North American set. That's pretty cool. Um, um, how long has she been pursuing the collection, if you will? Uh, if you don't mind me asking. I think it's been since about 2014 or so. And uh, I remember her taking her to uh, Game Exchange, which is like a local retro store. And it's not local to this area, but it's pretty nearby. And uh, getting her her first N64 she ever purchased on her own. And she used to play it a lot at her friend's house and stuff. And like I said, I don't want to speak too much for her, but I know that that's a special collection for her. And she always loves getting just new games for that system, especially like games she remembers like Chameleon Twist and stuff like that. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, so, um, is, is there any like favorite titles, like any games that if you if you look back that you love the most from Nintendo 64? Um, I'll speak of one right off the bat because I saw your tweet the other day and you're saying that you thought it was better than Goldeneye. I'm going to say Goldeneye is one of my favorites on the list. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. You mentioning, was it The World Is Not Enough? Is that the one for um, the Super Yeah, because... I'm trying to remember. Yeah, The World Is Not Enough, but uh, I, I, I can't rem remember. I was looking into this the other day and this maybe is what spurred the idea for a Nintendo 64 episode because... I can't remember if I had the PlayStation version or the Nintendo 64 version. They're like different, but they're kind of similar. So I'm just like looking at all the, the videos online. I think I had the Nintendo 64 version and I remember playing it a lot with my brothers. So, I mean, maybe the fact that I played it more is why I'm like back in the day, I'm like, I love this game. It's way better than GoldenEye, but maybe that's because I couldn't afford to get GoldenEye back in the day. You know what I mean? So. But I do uh, love I GoldenEye, too. It's a great game. Yeah. So I never got the 64 the first year it launched. I got it the year GoldenEye came out. And I remember yeah. my buddy Brandon, uh, who I was in grade school with, he got GoldenEye right away. And it was every day after school, you would spend at least an hour, hour and a half at his house just playing GoldenEye. And it was, you know, me and three other dudes. And, you know, that's the best, you know, just going after it. I know people come up with this no odd job rule. We allow it. <laughs> because we've discovered back in the day after playing it for so many hours that if you play power weapons against odd job it completely wrecks odd job because the gun levels right at his head and one shot will take him out instantly so uh or at least a couple shots will take him out instantly but you know it's one of those things when i hear people say no golden eye i always kind of just you know scoff at it you know if you will because yeah apparently you never discover the power weapons you know um yeah for sure but I'm yeah uh, i i that's to me like when I think of the console, that's one of the first things I think of because, and that was so hard to find that Christmas that um, that I got that N64 on. Uh, my mom actually ended up finding finding it um, from a friend who lived four hours away in a, like a podunk town here in Wisconsin, um, mm -hmm. probably close to where Curtis lives uh, or lived. Uh, yeah. But uh, no, it was it was one of the, like. That was probably the best Christmas I can ever recall for me was getting that console because I I told uh, I I have a hefty amount of aunts and uncles that I just told them I was like just give me money that's all I want is this console and Goldeneye so I like I said like I w I was just willing to put all my money aside I didn't want any other gift and um, I guess I found out years later that my mom was telling me that my aunt bought it for my uncle but he wanted a PlayStation so he can get game day like. 98 or whatever it was because uh, he, he you know i guess he was obsessed with football games so yeah um when all ultimately all i wanted was this and that game so um and i got it it was amazing you know so uh yeah i i did talk about my dad and i remember going to his house 
and playing uh i know it's not the most loved game ever but i remember playing donkey kong 64 like for hours and hours with my brothers and him at his house and that, i know that game, that game is, is like fantastic no don't don't let anyone tell you that game is fun that that is a fun game yeah i mean i know the collectibles are a little ridiculous but i did have a good time with it back in the day and i have fond memories of it i don't know if i played it now if i would enjoy it but back when i was like you know 13 or 12 whatever it was i loved the hell out of that game so i don't know <laughs> yeah you can't you know especially um, when the game starts off with the dk rap too you know that's a fantastic song yeah uh grant kirkhope amazing yeah. Some of his finest work. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. What else can we talk about? Um, I'm not. I'm not a very will... good interviewer. <laughs> no, that's fine. I was gonna say I'll give you some <laughs> recommendations. I guess if you will. You want to do um, the, do that recommendation minute? I don't know. I, I that's a really silly concept. But you want to do it? <laughs> um. Well, I'll, how about we start off with first this because um. You're talking about Sierra wanting, you know, you know, she's collecting N64. Can I make a recommendation for you guys as well? Sure. This is an immediate, immediate one, but I do recommend anyone who, I guess, is serious about the N64. I do recommend that some point down the road you get the um, Ultra HDMI put in the N64. Um, what is it? I know. Was it? What did you say? <laughs> Sorry. Um, the Ultra HDMI, and you know, oh, not yeah. put in the N64. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know our buddy Yoshi can you know help you out with that too. Uh, not just giving him a plug for Yoshi, but um, he did it for me, and he also RGB modded it. Uh, so what I what I my general pref- my general preferred setup is if you are playing on an HDMI TV, you have to have this, in my opinion. Um, but my preferred way still is to play on a CRT television. So what I do, and it's possible, is because he also RGB mounted it. As I use my HD retrovision cables, which are the component cables, and I, uh, I, so I play the, it through. Is that the best quality you probably can get from the console? Is this is to RGB mod it and then use those cables? Probably, or you don't need you you don't need to RGB mod it. Um, it's just I guess overkill on my part. Yeah. Um, if you if you're just playing a play on an HD, HDMI television, the HDMI t- uh, mod is the way to go. Uh, but what I like to play it on is through um, a CRT. Um, the benefit of having this, though, too, in my opinion, is that you can then run the HDMI cable to uh, a capture card while hooking your, you know, your component cables to your television, your CRT. So that way, you guess you're getting the best record quality. And I, I guess I prefer that the natural scan lines from a CRT television. Um, it does the mod does have scan lines as an option, and I do have them on very light for myself. Uh, it's just, yeah. I guess, my preferred option look, but um, I think it's a fantastic mod. Um, uh, we, my one buddy, didn't think it was that big of a difference until we um, did a side by side, and he was kind of taken back how like muddy the component, um, or yeah, just yeah, like cr- cr- uh, look, cr- so. makes all the like polygons less blurry. Like I was mm-hmm. watching a My Life in Gaming video, but it's kind of hard to tell like on a YouTube video the difference. You know what I mean? And then in person, mm-hmm. so. I've heard good things about the HDMI mod and stuff, but I haven't experienced it firsthand. So. Yeah, I mean, if, if you're serious, and like I said, don't don't say like you need to get this right now. I know you have other plans to get stuff down the road. Yeah, you just moved and whatnot. So, but something to consider down the line. Um, just cause, yeah, I mean, what is it yeah. like three hundred bucks, something like that? I think to the do you the thing is you have to I believe if you're gonna buy it uh, I think it costs like a hundred and sixty dollars for the the mod chip board 
okay. but you have to order three or four of them from the the guy who makes them. He doesn't just sell them individually. Oh yeah, and so it's for more like modders and stuff. Yeah, so like you have to buy it from a modder, if you will, essentially, because he will only sell it to modders. You can't you can't just say, hey, I want to buy one. He won't sell it to you unless you can prove like you're a modder. So yeah, um, like I said, maybe that's another thing to reach out to Yoshi. I know he does order every once in a while. Yeah, um, Yoshi so is pretty, something to consider. Pretty, yeah, it seems like he's very busy all the time <laughs> when he does his mods. So yeah, um, but he does good work, so I do recommend him. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm I have considered it like getting it for her as a gift or something like that. I'm not sure how mm-hmm. she would respond to that, but I'm like, if I got it for her and it would work on our you know big TV and it would look really nice, I bet she would lo- love that. So maybe in the future I'll mm-hmm. consider it as like a birthday gift or something. You know, so mm-hmm. yeah. Huh. Um, <laughs> let's see. I'm very awkward today. Uh, today no, was good, a buddy. really crazy day, so I'm just like kind of barely uh, awake, I guess. So mm-hmm. I apologize. Uh, and uh, what else Nintendo 64 related could we talk about? Because do you have any like random memories? Like, because I remember playing Smash Brothers with my cousins a lot. And uh, I would always play as Mario and do the down B attack. And for some reason, that would piss them off because I don't know why. But uh, maybe I was just way better than them at Smash Brothers. And I've always been a Smash Brothers fan ever since that game. And um, maybe it's just because I kicked their ass at it. But I remember just pissing mm-hmm. them off by doing the Mario's down B, which isn't that crazy of an attack or anything. But yeah. So. Is that the what? What move is that? Is that the spin or? Yeah, it's just like that spin attack. Like it's basically just yeah. a spin attack. You can like, kind of like Mario just kind of like spazzes out in the spin little spin attack. And I remember my cousins just getting pissed. Like, stop doing that move. Maybe I was doing it over and over again, being kind of a, a jackass <laughs> or something. But yeah, uh, so they get good, you know, get good. <laughs> uh, I remember my um, uh, remember that commercial that they used to show for that Smash Brothers game uh the original the me and you yeah the me and you uh so happy together song yeah i just remember that commercial a lot i don't know um you know do you ever think about playing it competitively smash brothers even smash 64 there uh, is a scene for it right now i i i wouldn't say i was as good as most people are i would say i was probably like mid middle of the road i've never been a fighting game person but i love smash brothers so I don't think I would cut it, honestly. I'd probably just get knocked out within the first, I don't know, round or first section. I feel like, I feel like I'm good with my friends, but then uh, when I go to a competitive setting, I I would get my ass kicked pretty much. You know. Do you think your nerves would get you, or just because you, you know? What's up? Do you think your nerves would get you, or you know, like you get too nervous and you? start goofing up or maybe i don't know uh it's it's i I could speak from someone who actually has tried competitively to play smash brothers both the uh wii u version and 64 version uh because wisconsin does have a pretty decent smash brothers scene right now yeah um they um Uh, so i go ahead no i was gonna say it's like uh have have you uh, entered some tournaments that's what i was gonna ask that's all yeah um and I've gotten completely wrecked uh, <laughs> in both versions. Uh, I tried, um, and the funny thing is, I remember I showed up uh, for the first time I competed in the 64 one. Uh, I had to drive about an hour west to Madison. Um, and I show up, I you know, sign up, and I and they, you know, get called in, and I'm lined up against the number two man in Wisconsin, the second best Smash player in the state. 
and basically, you know, like, you know, I, I think I took one life from him, and then, but he wasn't even trying. <laughs> uh, it was one of those things where, like, I just got, you know, he's like, oh, I haven't seen you here before. I'm like, oh, I'm kind of new and everything, and explaining. He's like, oh, so I think he's just kind of feeling me out, and just after I took the one life, it was completely, you know, just wrecked, completely wrecked. Wow. And uh, he was just, he was just giving me like kind of like patting me on the shoulder like telling me he's like don't worry buddy it's it's gonna get better you know it's kind of one of those ones where he's just like you know he's like this is just your uh you know he's like kind of like i feel bad for you buddy going against me one of those you know yeah you know just things but like you know you you gotta take your lumps i guess your first come you know first time's doing it um yeah i did better against the guy in the second round but i still ultimately lost uh and ultimately i made too many mistakes like I'm going for home run swings because you know I'm just I'm just trying to pull something out to surprise the guy and completely miss and then boom wreck you know so um, I I I and the funny thing is like I'll I didn't have friends to play against because like like most of my friends they hate playing fighting games um, I'm one of the few guys that actually loves them so it's just the only thing you can really do is practice against a computer um, yeah one thing that I just remember that the number two guy in the state was telling me right after we got done playing the set he, he gave me some tips he's like hey um, you have to learn how to do some Z drop um, you know that's gonna help your game a little bit more uh, that essentially what Z dropping does is um, if you drop to the ground as soon as you if you hold down on the analog stick you can press Z as soon as you land um, mm-hmm. your shield will come up for a second but if you can time it perfectly um, and release it the Z at the same time. There, that frame frame of animation will be there. You'll save about like four or four to six frames a leg, so you can get the advantage on your opponent. You know, you have less slowdown to get you back. So, like a little stuff like that. He was giving me a little tips yeah. on, and I went home and practiced it. But it's kind of one of those ones where like, do I want to go back another hour? That's the thing is you have to commit to that. Basically, you know, um, I I saw recently that they actually are um, starting to play locally where i live about which is about 15 minutes away from where i live um the 64 scene they're gonna start doing it once a month uh mm-hmm. so i might go back and check it out when the uh when the new smash game comes out in december because i'm kind of just taking a little break before that and before i start going full in on and so would you smash practice on the 64 version if you're going to do that type of tournament or would you just say that's the version you'd play right like you wouldn't just yeah play, i mean like yeah random version. You play off the yeah, yeah so. you play that up there. I know there is a tournament mode. Um, I've seen it both on a cartridge mm-hmm. that essentially just sets all the rules, and yeah, it's, it has all the rules set up. So you just plug in, and you can start the game you want, basically. So um, yeah, I know that there's mod. I forgot what it's called, like one nine xxx or something like that. Um, it's kind of like like how they mail it. They uh, uh, modded brawl to be like melee type of thing, pretty much. Yeah. It's pre- pretty much like that, yeah. where it's just it's got all the rules, all the the only like two two boards that I think are allowed mm-hmm. for sixty four. Um, but yeah, like I said, I, if, if they're gonna run it close closer to home, I, I probably will jump back in on sixty four. I know there is uh, a computer version mod where you can play it against people online, hmm. um, but there's still is ultimately like four to six frames a leg with that through you know internet. Yeah. So it's kind of like, uh, you know, do I want to do that? I, I probably would just stick with the board, and if they can do it monthly, I'll, I'll still just go take my beatings once a month to see if I can <laughs> learn anything. Because that's ultimately what I want to do is just learn, you know, get tips from people a little bit more, even if it's just, you know, getting your butt whooped for a minute. Just, you know? just small little tips like the Z, the uh, Z drop, like you talk, like the other guy told you, and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I. I haven't really, didn't really even know this like fighting game scene was a thing until like maybe four or five years ago. And I've never really even attempted to do a fighting tournament because, you know, 
I pretty much the only fighting game I play is Smash Brothers. So it's like, should I get super good at this? Like, am I good enough? I don't know. I'm too. I, I like you said. Maybe it's nerves. It's probably you know, all it comes down to. One, yeah. With Smash Brothers, I find it to be the easiest to learn out of all fighting games. Because honestly, I I don't think I'm that bad. It's just that there's so many really good people at this game. Yeah. Um. And people play like. People have been playing the 64 version since it came out, right? Like every day, probably. You know, just know it. In, they know it inside out more than I probably ever will. So it's yeah. kind of hard to be like, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna kick some ass here." I, I don't think I could do it. <laughs> so yeah, no, it's a good time. Uh, I, I I enjoy watching you know the big tournaments when they announce them, uh, the big Smash tournaments and. Uh, I, I only really watch the new one, like whatever the newest Smash is, and 64, because I, I could care less right now for me- Melee and, and Project M, if you will. So. Yeah, I mean, I guess we're talking more about Smash now, but sure. I, I think that as Smash goes along, I think it gets better anyway. Like I think th- yeah. every every new iteration is better than the last, in my opinion. I feel like they just mm-hmm. improve it every time. But that maybe that's just me, my opinion, but yeah. What do you think? <laughs> no, I agree with you, man. I um, I don't know. I, I really enjoyed the last one, and the new one, it looks even more with the stuff they're having to offer for Smash Brothers. So. Yeah. I'm, that's probably one of my most anticipated, just because of how much they're putting into it this year. So. Yeah, that's that's a day one for me. Yeah, for sure. So I guess we're kind of wrapping up on the, the Nintendo 64 topic. Do you have any like last thoughts on Nintendo 64? Or, uh, like, what... Even though the graphics are dated... What do you, what would you tell somebody thinking about starting to like collect for Nintendo sixty four? What kind of tips would you give them? Um, it's it definitely is achievable. That's one thing about the console where it's there's only two hundred ninety six North American titles. Yeah. Um, so it definitely is when in within reach. Um, there is there are a couple heavy hitters. Um, what is it? Like the your clay fighter, sc- clay fighter, clay fighter sculptor cut is is seen as like the most expensive because it was a blockbuster exclusive. Mm-hmm. Um, I I was fortunate to uh, snag a intercontinental, a real WWF intercontinental title belt that I would then sell on eBay to fund my, uh, basically almost paid for my the game itself straight up. So that works out. Um, yeah, yeah. So that 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 definitely kill, you know after getting that it kind of was like downhill. It's like you you know you, you hit the peak and now you're just coming down. You know you're sledding on hill, grabbing up the rest of the stuff here. Yeah. The only um, the only one other one I could think of that's like pretty expensive is conquer like it's like an 80 to 90 dollar game right now yeah um but worms is a way more expensive game oh yeah um bomberman uh second assault i believe it is called Mm. the second bomberman game for the 64 that's a pretty pricey one too those are the ones that really come to mind um there is god it's gonna drive me nuts now too because i didn't grab it um but it's like there's like a taxi game like Starship or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's a terrible driving game. And there is like Super Bowling. It's like another $100. Yeah, it's pretty uh, much like it's expensive because there was like a low print run on it pretty much, right? Yeah, yeah. I think Super Bowling might be another blockbuster game too now that I think about it. Hmm. Um, same thing with that Starship game that I'm thinking too. Um, but yeah, it, like it's it definitely is achievable. That's definitely one thing to say. Um, I would also recommend... Um, uh, for for that I would check check Amazon because I found a couple of heavy hitters that people I think didn't realize because it's an older game but they do list older games on Amazon. Um, yeah. Stick away from eBay and see if you know. I, I, it's easier for me to say to go to conventions because I found actually the majority of my collection through like um, 
I, I don't want to say the sports bin, but I found like just with people having loose 64 games, mm-hmm. a lot of times they don't even they think the game looks terrible. Like your another hard to find game is like a PGA Golf for the 64. That's another really pricey, expensive game, and I found it in the cheap sports bin. So that's something to look forward into uh, the games. Yeah. I also found a couple of mix and matches in there. Um, you can just bundle them. Um, but there are a lot of really, really good games. It's just, it, the one problem is if you have a graphics issue, um, the console's not for you. Yeah. Um, but to me, to me, to me, the games are really fun if you can put up with the the graphics. You know. It's just the way that they render the polygons. It kind of looks a little blurry and fuzzy in a lot of the games I noticed. But I have fond memories of so many Nintendo sixty four games, even with that. You know. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I I don't have a problem with graphics. Period. I mean, my my favorite game ever is Minecraft. So mm-hmm. it's kind of hard for anybody to like say. You know, I have problems with graphics, so I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, I, I love the controller too. I know people love to knock on it, man, but I I think it's fantastic. It, it feels good in my hands because you can switch. It seems like you can switch it, play it two different ways. You know, you can play it with the you know the analog stick, or you kind of have your left hand like holding like a gun, if you will, or if you want to play with the D pad, you have you know it lines up with the the two prongs. So I, I think it I think it feels great, you know, in my hands. So do you uh, do you mod your stick on there? Because I know the sticks go out pretty pretty easily. Do you do you like I put have, like a GameCube stick on there like some people do, or do you just leave it? No, like, that don't ever OG. don't ever ever do that. Those are those have like dead spots in them. Oh, Completely yeah. avoid that. Yeah. Um, the one thing there's a couple things you can do. I I recommend there is um. A grease you can you can buy for the the bowl. Uh, what I do is I take it apart. It's not hard to disassemble and reassemble. I know it sounds intimidating, but I um I recommend you do it. Is that you disassemble it, mm-hmm. um, clean it out. You know the bowl. We'll, we'll take a little Q-tip with some rubbing alcohol, wipe out the bowl, and then um uh, put a little. I think it's polyurethane grease. I can't remember off the top of my head. You might want to google that yeah uh but just put a little bit like that just rub it in with the q-tip just a little bit not very much because you, you know you have a little too much grease you can it'll slide all over the place um and but then like i just put it right back in there yeah yeah like loosens um, it up and like makes it not so like awkward to play with you know what that reminds yeah. me of I know, I know this is like a random tangent but it reminds me of being in the marching band and using like this like grease to play i used to play trombone and mm-hmm. it has like a slide you know and there's like a grease yeah. you put in there to make the slide work. That's what it reminded me of. But yeah, <laughs> well, so yeah, yeah, that way it doesn't rub against the. You know, you do that so it doesn't rub out the. Because that's the thing is, you get the most of the chalk is from rubbing out the plastic bottom. Oh yeah. Um, I I kind of missed out buying the guy. If you follow Steel Stick sixty four on Twitter, he's mm-hmm. the guy who's making a steel replacement stick for the sixty four. He's got a steel bowl that he sells the bowls more often because he. I believe he's got a CNC machine where he just wields out the bowls and then he makes the sticks. The sticks take a little bit longer. Um, and I missed out on buying the bowls since last batch a couple weeks ago. Um, but there are replacement gears that you put in the... Um, so I, bu- I bought a bunch of those, so I'm going to do that to my console next. And that, apparently that tightens up the loose stick. Um, but the cheap way of doing it is the bowls, I think, are $20. And then you put those inside there. You buy these replacement gears for, I think, they're a couple bucks a piece. And then essentially you'll feel like a brand new stick and you won't wear out the bottom of your bowl of your 64 controller now. So That's really cool. Uh, I love when people do stuff like that to improve. You know, Mm kind of like, it's kind of a design flaw. Like, I guess they wouldn't think about it like back then, but, you know, just the idea that the plastic would wear out after a while. Someone's, you know, 
taking that initiative to make it better. So that's pretty cool. So. You know, I would love, you know, with Nintendo always releasing the GameCube controller for Smash, I would love it for some reason if they could somehow come up with another batch of 64 controllers. That would make my day. Just to have it. Totally just, like, why not, right? <laughs> yeah, just, just like, for some, you even do it for NES and Super Nintendo. I think be, I would be perfectly happy with it. Just, just do it, you know, just a batch. I don't care how you do it. Just do it, and I'll buy a bunch of them. It, it reminds me of buying the Super uh, NES Classic and playing with that controller. It's like a Nintendo-made Super Nintendo controller, so it has that feel to it. Yeah. Oh, it was, it was oh, so absolutely. good when I when I finally got that. That was awesome. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. are you gonna? Sorry, this is slight tangent back to Smash Brothers here for a second. No problem. Uh, are you gonna Are you gonna buy another GameCube controller for Smash Brothers? Um, I, I don't know. I have so like I literally have like four. Maybe five wave birds, and then I have a bunch of wired, like maybe 10, 15 wired GameCube controllers just sitting here, you know. So I don't know. Well, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Well, the main reason I I ask, and, and I'm probably just gonna buy one more because I bought two from the last run. Yeah. Of con- uh, controllers, which was a couple of years ago. Um, so I I've had at least two GameCube controllers. So the buttons wear out on me. It seems they wear out the the fastest on Smash Brothers or not Smash Brothers on GameCube controllers. Mm. So I'm I'm and I'm not just saying from playing Smash, but just playing from games in general, where I, I feel as if like the B button doesn't register, or like I miss like red, you know, like I, I swear I press the B button, you know, nothing yeah. nothing happens. So um, I kind of almost want to feel, and that's it's kind of what I meant bringing up the N64 again because it's great having these like, a fresh controller because this these buttons the the reaction is quick and you know yeah it's fast a feel, on, on it yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah, I get the it idea. Good, it's like you know. the just just the inputs feel so much better. I I get that. I understand that 100. I still have my Wii U one. It's used a lot. Like I actually yeah. like you can see where my hand's been on that one because I use it so much. Sure. Uh, but I don't know. I I might pick it up. But I mean, they have this Pro Controller bundle too. It's coming up. So I don't, I don't know. Honestly, <laughs> I haven't really thought about it too much. Welcome to Recommendation Minute, where we recommend stuff. I'm going to have Ryan, for a whole minute, just recommend a bunch of really great Nintendo 64 games. You ready? I am. Hello? Hello? Can you hear me? Yeah. Can I get cut off? I can okay. hear you for a second. There you go. Okay. Uh, Are you ready? So, I'm ready. <laughs> you ready? All right. Three. Yep. Two. One. Go. Super Mario 64, Mario Party 2, Mario Tennis, uh, Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time, Le- Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask, Conker's Bad Fur Day, uh, the THQ wrestling games, which are WrestleMania or WCW Revenge, WrestleMania 2000, No Mercy, the cruising games, Super Smash Brothers, Gauntlet Legends, Rampage World Tour, Super Star Fox 64, Wave Race 64, Mario Golf, Pokemon Snap, Rayman 2, Robotron 64, Kirby's Crystal Stars, or Shards, Doom 64, Diddy Kong Racing, GoldenEye 007, Banjo-Kazooie, Banjo-Tooie, uh, Blast Corps, Bomberman Heroes, which is a, a kind of a, a 3D platformer that no one really talks about. Uh, the Bomberman games themselves are pretty great. Um, how much more time do I have? 15 here? seconds. Um, 10 seconds. Yeah. 9. Let's just, we're good. You're good? 8, 7, yeah. 6. That's the only thing I can think of right here. For me, just play uh, Super Mario 64 and Ocarina of Time. That's it. <laughs> I mean, those are the obvious answers, but yeah. So uh, that was recommendation minute.
So the next section of the podcast, we always talk about what's happening. What have we been doing this week? So Ryan, I'm going to kick it off with you. Anything interesting, any games you play, you're playing, movies you watch, anything like that this week? So um, actually after hearing your last show, I kind of tuned into that uh, Magic for Humans on Netflix. Yeah. Uh, and it's, I've been watching that at least an episode a day, and it's fantastic. I do love street magic, if you will. So. Yeah, I, I had a good time with that one, man. I, I think it's I think think the main thing it has going for it is it's just really fun and positive. You know what I mean? It makes you like kind of feel good to watch. So I had a good time the, watching that one too. It's a fa- he's a fantastic host too. The the guy who's the magician on the show, you know. Yeah, telling his little sly jokes and all that. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. pretty good. So that's good. I've been watching also Disenchanted on Netflix, which is from Matt Groening of The Simpsons. Uh, it's got the same like art style of The Simpsons and Futurama, and I, I love that too. I've been finding that you know I I love Simpsons. I have a Bart and a Poochie tattoo on my arm. Um, there you go. But I I haven't liked The Simpsons in a couple of years. I find <laughs> the humor has kind of gone you know south probably the last ten years or so, maybe even longer. Um, but I I think Simpsons seasons three through nine are some of the best television ever. Period. Uh, but this oh, yeah, new definitely. Disenchanted show is fantastic. I I watched an episode a day. Um, I, I think it's just great. I love the whole, you know, story. It's the the jokes in it are great. Uh, I don't know who the writing staff is, but it's fantastic. Yeah, I've been enjoying um, that one too. Musir and I have been sitting down watching that every. Mm-hmm. I think we're about almost like to the last episode, and I feel like it gets better like as it goes on. Like it kind of it has a couple slower episodes in my opinion, but I feel like it mm-hmm. has some really solid jokes each episode that kind of keeps me going throughout it. So. I like it a lot. I think too. there's only t- ten episodes or something too. So yeah, uh, you know, it, it's kind of like it's it's like it's good, but it's also sad because I'm like I'm like oh man, like I'm really enjoying this. I was hoping for more, but hopefully it gets picked up for another year because I'm loving it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I guess uh, I, Netflix kind of like baffles me a little bit. It's kind of like they just keep making more and more like you know their exclusive content. So hopefully, you know, it's kind of hard to tell when they're going to do another season, but. If it seem it seems like it's popular, so it'd probably get picked up again. I'm I'm sure. So and and maybe maybe with doing ten episodes a season, it's easier on a writing staff. You know, they don't have to you know stretch it out as much. You know, and they can probably come back with a, a second season faster by doing less episodes. Um, yeah, and so I mean, maybe, like, maybe that's like what's that? wrong with the Simpsons like nowadays. You know, like yeah, they try to do episodes 20... a season. Sorry, man. Go ahead. <laughs> no, no, I was gonna say they do twenty three episodes a season. So you know, you're probably right on that. Yeah, uh, twenty-three episodes a seasons, and it's what thirty seasons now. So, oh, do yeah. the math. That's a crazy amount of episodes. So there's diminishing mm-hmm. returns there, you know. So mm-hmm. with um, this type of, th- go ahead. No, no, I was gonna say. Uh, uh, I'll let you finish what you're gonna say there. I'm sorry. No, I I feel like there's a little bit of like connection problem. That's it's the, oh, okay. it's no big deal. Uh, I was just sure. gonna say with uh, this type of style, like the ten episode uh, season they can keep it going and interesting and do different uh, thoughts and jokes and stuff throughout this, the storylines, which mm-hmm. I like. So that's all. Um, I've also been watching uh, on Netflix just cause I, I was looking for something else just to lay down. I usually like to watch like a half hour show before I go to bed every night, basically for some reason it just, it's always helped me fall asleep. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I kind of gotten back into watch. I haven't watched cheers in probably over 20 years, but I've been watching Cheers, and that's something what's starting from season one, episode one. Um, I think the show started in 1982, which is two years before I was born. Uh, so it's kind of like going back and watching it, and I'm like, 
Man, okay, I, I clearly I don't remember this character named Coach, who is this uh, uh, Sam Malone's old minor league baseball coach. Uh, he's a bartender for at the place. I'm like, where the hell is Woody Harrelson? Apparently, I, I had to look it up because this is like, I'm like, what the hell? I, I, you know, I, I know of um, Christy Alley's character, and I know of um, a Diane. I can't remember. Uh, Shelly Long, I think her name is in real life. Um, I remember her being on there, but I remember she left. And then Christy Alley came over and replaced, uh, replaced her as kind of like the female lead on there. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I was like, who the hell is this coach guy? I've never heard of never seen the highlights of this guy. So I, I looked him up, and I guess he died in season four. So oh, okay. like that would make sense. So, yeah, yeah, because he's he's an older guy. He's an older actor who's playing him, and so so like I guess by that point in time it was probably 1986, which I was still too. Um, and like I said, like <laughs> I, I I was uh, I so I clearly don't remember this, but I do watch Cheers when it was on because it went on for 11 seasons. Um, it's just something my family enjoyed watching, and so so I've been watching it. And it's been. It's been interesting watching. It's not a bad show. I, 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 I'm enjoying what I'm watching here, but it's just kind of like the thing where it's like uh, Diane's character is such a lame character, and I was like, I'm kind of glad they replaced her with Christy Alley because Diane is such a boring character. So <laughs> sorry to all the Diane fans out there. Um, uh, but, yeah, I've been watching that, and I'm enjoying it. And um, I, I I just finished watching on Sunday um, – Preacher on AMC. Oh, I, I, I love that show. Is it good? I, I love I've it. been thinking about it because I really like the comic, and I just haven't got around to watching the show. Is it like? Do you have you read the comic, or do you know if it sticks no. to the story of the comic, or? From what I hear, and just you know, it really number one, it makes me want to go collect the the trade paperbacks for this right now. because yeah. um, I really am enjoying the show. Um, but from what I my understanding, just other hearing people who actually have read the book, that I think. Uh, the first season is kind of like a prequel to the books. Hmm. Uh, I, I think because Garth Ennis is also attached to it. He's the guy who wrote it and created the series, I believe. Yeah. Um, they kind of wanted to do it because, I, from my understanding, that the books preacher kind of starts off like way out there. And they figured it was probably best to kind of give these characters a little bit more... Um, story or background to them. For sure. So, yeah. like, so, so, like, by the time season one comes out or season two comes out you kind of understand where it is at and they can then go forward with the story yeah. if you will mm-hmm. um but either way i i i love this last season i thought it was fantastic it's a um, uh, seth seth rogan and uh evan goldberg make that and they actually produce some really good stuff mm-hmm. so um, I, I, yeah. I, it's just one of those shows that i keep seeing and i'm like man i gotta watch that and i just haven't found time yet so i need to get around to that for sure i i do recommend that yeah, one yeah. a lot and then um, uh, I think uh, I'm trying to remember what that Sasha Barrett Cohen show is called that We Are America or What Is America yeah Who's what America? is Who's what, America what, what is America is it Who's America uh, let's find out on Google real quick here <laughs> I, I watched the first episode of that I haven't watched much more than that but I think I think he's an in, incredible like you kind of lose who he you know he's a really good per, like, like what am I saying here He he's a really good character actor he can just kind of like just dissolve into a character i guess that's uh that's what i'm trying to say like he he becomes that character when you see him i think it's really good i was a huge fan of the ali g show um and this is hitting that niche for me um i think the first episode might have been a little slow for me or or it just didn't hit with me but like going forward it's been getting better and better um i mean he had oj on this last week too so it's kind of one of those things where i'm like okay you're you're, i mean you're (laughs) you're hitting hitting on the correct buttons if you ask me you know i lo- I, I know it's kind of a gotcha you know mm-hmm. show but 
I, I love it. I, I think the way he stays in characters, that's, the, I guess, his calling card is he doesn't break ever break his character regardless of who he's at. So, you know, yeah. and he can make... He's people, really good. You know, like, he's incredible. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, so, um, um, so that's what I've been watching. For, as for playing, sorry, I know I went a little long there. No, um, no worries. I'm on, vaca- I'm on vacation, so I'm just enjoying myself right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been playing Mario Tennis. I was playing that before we started recording. Uh, on the uh, Switch, right? The new one? Yeah, Mario Tennis Aces. Yeah. And I'm loving it, even though it's got some gimmicks in it I don't care for, like the um, the slowdown hard shot. Uh, now, granted, you can use it to beat your opponent, so... Uh, I'm on the final boss, and I don't want to give it away, if you will. Um, mm. But like, I'm, he's, it's a really tough battle. But I keep getting closer and closer. Where if you can break their racket, it's game over. Um, so like, if you do the hard slow shot at them, it's almost impossible to block. They can do it, and you can do it too. But like, if you wear it down, their their racket will eventually break, and you'll win by by knockout mm. because they can't compete because of their racket. Now, if I was playing against friends, this would be turned off. It's completely, you know, BS. Yeah. Uh, same thing with same thing with the hard shots. I wouldn't do that either. Um, turn that off. Just give me regular attempts with friends. But for story mode, it's fun. It's about a five-hour story mode, if you will. I, I've actually um, heard some people complain about that, like on other podcasts and stuff. So you are, you're actually having a good time with it. It sounds like. Oh, it's it's least. fantastic. I, I recommend it. Um, I, I, maybe people. I I, I will find. Uh, the last couple levels, it gets really, really hard. Um, so, and the computer is pulling out all the tricks in the book, basically. To uh, it seems like they, there's a charge meter. It seems like their charge meter goes a lot faster than yours. Mm-hmm. So, it, it really is a difficulty thing. And I understand they want you to, towards the end, to use all the the, the three or four new gimmicks that they have in there. Um, when I rather just play tennis, yeah. But. I, I understand that. I guess that that's for if you want to just play tennis, play with your friends, or you can turn it off after it. Um, but uh, the game itself is, I think, it's fun. I, I like the story mode a lot. And um, since we were talking about '64, mm-hmm. and this is no BS, I've been playing Quake '64. Really? Um, mostly because yes, yes, because I was looking um, at my CCABCs, and I have I have ten letters to go. Yeah. Uh, one of them being Q. So did you beat like, that, or are you about to beat it? I I am so I thought I was making great progress. Uh, like I on the fourth level of Quake, I guess it's just a port of the PC game mm-hmm. um, for the sixty four, and it plays fine. I've been playing. I've been having a good it. time. Yeah. You never played Quake? I, I never played that version of Quake. I've played okay PC Quake, Quake? before. Yeah, so sure. yeah. So so me, this is like the first time ever for me playing Quake. Mm-hmm. So I'm level four. Um, I found right before I guess the ending. I found. Um, an armor and then I kept going forward and I think I accidentally shot a wall and a secret path revealed itself and I saw like that you know that buzzy screen I guess if you will that you know kind of gives you the indication that this is like the end of the level so I yeah. went to that and it's like oh you beat congratulations beat the level and then the next thing you know it drops me in level 7 so it's a warp so I was like oh okay cool I'm in level 7 and I was like I think oh cool I think I get to skip you know three stages here I'm like cool awesome and then after beating level 7 it took me back to level 5 so I was like, what the hell? I was like, so I guess it's not a complete skip. It just, you know, so I, I'm back to, I, I haven't, I beat level six. I haven't started it back up yet to see if I'm at level seven again. Um, but that's kind of where I'm at at the moment. Yeah. So, and I guess there's 25 levels in, do, in Quake. Yeah, it so. kind of like messes with your mind a little bit. It's been a long time since I played that game, but it's a really good one. So I don't know. I really never tried the Nintendo 64. Does it control well? Like, do you just use the C buttons to look around or what on that one? 
Um, it kind of plays is- like there's different options. You can set it like Turok if you want, or you can play it kind of like Goldeneye if you want. Mm. So okay. um, I'm I've been using the C's, the right and the left C. I've been kind of using as like you know drifts, and bot- the bottom C is um, jump. Hmm. Um, and like if you hold down the R, you can look up and down. You know, you know the R, the R shoulder button. Yes. And if you need if you need to reset it, so you're just back at your normal straight view, you press up C. Um, it it plays fine. The only thing is, I wish and maybe it's just the controller I'm using. I didn't pull out my 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 top tier controllers. I just pulled out a controller and started going with it. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels like uh, and maybe this is just how Quake plays. It feels like I. It seems like there is. Not immediate stoppage, kind of, if you will. You know, it seems like I'm, like, I go and, you know, like, it's not hard to stop, but it seems like I go so fast and I can't slow down as fast, or, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I know what you mean. So, yeah. I don't know if that's just my controller or it's just that's how Quake plays. So, oh, well, but I was, it, I can tell you that I was playing Quake Live on PC, which is basically just an online version of Quake. Yeah, it's Quake 3, but online, and uh, that the servers are still up and everything. I was playing this about maybe a month ago. And that similar thing happens on that version of the game. It's kind of like, I feel maybe it's just the way the game plays. So it's not just sure. you. Mm-hmm. That feels that way. And then, and then I recently beat Mass Effect Andromeda. So last week, Friday, and uh, oh, yeah. I, 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 can't, I can't recommend that to anybody. It's not a bad game, but I, I just wouldn't recommend it to people. It's just it seems like it's the, it's too big of a game, you know. But it's not bad. It's just it seems very dull. It seems like very the people who made it checked out early, so they just kind of just put a whole bunch of blah in there just to give you a whole bunch of content. And that, I don't know. I no, I I, w- I wouldn't recommend it to anybody. So yeah, the, the what I think about when I think about that game is uh, uh, I'm a big Giant Bomb fan, and they did like their Game of the Year podcast, and at the end of the year they were talking about it, and he's like, they killed Mass Effect, and they kept saying <laughs> that over and over throughout the entire thing, like. Uh, the one of the big guys there, uh, Brad Shoemaker, he's like super, like one of the biggest Mass Effect fans on their team, and he's just like, he played probably more than he needed to, and he beat the game, and he pretty much came out at the end thinking the same idea, like, eh, it's a bit much. Maybe they had too much ambition and couldn't match their ambition or whatever with that game, sadly. Mm-hmm. So, it's a good yeah. explanation for it. Yeah. Uh, anything else you've been doing? I'll, I'll go into my random stuff. I haven't really been doing a whole lot this week, but Josh, I've been speaking forever. Why don't you say something there? <laughs> it's all good, man. Uh, I've been playing. I've been playing Kingdom Hearts two. It's been kind of like my background game, like between everything else I've been doing, and I'm about forty hours in. I'm really close to the end. I've been doing some grinding and stuff, but man, these later stages that they put you in, like the Lion King stage, I completely... Okay, the gameplay in there is pretty cool because you turn into a lion and it, this game's, you know, the Kingdom Hearts is ridiculous anyway. But you turn into a lion and you can actually run around faster and the gameplay is a little bit faster and more fluid, I feel like, in those stages. But the cutscenes and the voice acting just kind of just completely killed that entire section for me. I'm just like... This just sucks. Like, they completely <laughs> destroyed one of my favorite movies ever with that one. And then I've played through all the Little, Mer- Little Mermaid stages, and they're, like, really, really shitty, like, uh, what's the name of it? Uh, music games, like a rhythm game. It's a rhythm game, basically. Yeah. And it's a, just a really shitty rhythm game where you hit X every once in a while or triangle, depending on the music. And they completely destroyed the story of Little Mermaid. So I'm just like... 
<sighs> I love the game generally throughout this entire experience I've had with it, you know, over 40 hours now. But uh, some of these other stages, some of the stages kind of just like kill my fun with it, I guess which I should say. But uh, generally it's a fun game, you know, kind of button mash X. I played way too much Kingdom Hearts this year. I played one for Cartridge Club Game of the Month. I had been playing it already, but I beat it during that month and was on the podcast for that. And then I've been playing Kingdom Hearts 2 for over two months now, off and on. And I'm just like uh, kind of getting burned out on it. I'm, I want to beat it and just get it over with. So I'm kind of more ready for Kingdom Hearts 3. And uh, besides that, I've been playing run after run of Dead Cells. I've been still playing that, kind of working through my way through to the end of that game. Um, it's not really a long game either. It's like maybe 10 to 12 hours, generally like the average on how long to be. I think it says 12 hours, something like that. Uh, but it's... I've talked about it before. It's a Metroidvania game, and it's a roguelike, so you have to start out at the beginning of the game every time you die. And the thing I'm having kind of like... I'm getting kind of bored with starting the game over and over again. That's my main problem with that. Even though the levels change up every single time, you still see the same enemies. You still see similar locales and similar, you know, just general areas. And it just kind of gets boring to look at after a while, in my opinion. I'm probably... I don't know, 10, 12 hours into that game. Uh, I'll admit, I don't know if I'm ever going to beat it. I'm, I'm kind of getting to the point where I'm like, uh, I don't know. I'm like almost done with it because the messenger is coming out and stuff like that. So I'm just like, maybe I'll just stop playing that. My cat's going nuts. Of course she is. He has to. Uh, <laughs> but besides that, that's about what I've been playing because, you know, I've been moving and that's been an ordeal. <laughs> I guess I can go in that, into that for a bit. Uh, Sierra's been working at night so i've been moving these box loads over to the apartment so i've been loading up my car with as many boxes as i possibly can and it's like 95 plus fahrenheit outside and i'm just dying <laughs> every time i move these loads is she really loud she probably seems she seems pretty loud i can hear her but storm you still there <laughs> yep um but yeah, I mean, it's been 95 plus out, and I've been uh, moving these loads like four or five a day, and I'm really tired. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you know, we're about we're probably almost done with the boxes. We have maybe two or three more loads left of that, and then furniture gets moved on Friday, and then I get my new TV and all that. That's gonna be awesome. And uh, I have been having some problems at work. I don't know. Are you still around? Still there, Ryan? Sorry. Yeah, I'm just listening. You probably muted. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, is this like personal stuff boring? Because I feel like I go on forever about it. Like I always no. do this every episode. Is it boring to people? No, man. No, this is your, this is your show. Okay. Tune in for you. Okay, yeah. Because uh, I don't know. I I feel like I just ramble too much sometimes. But um, but yeah. I've been. Uh, I went to work today and I got written up. So this is frustrating to me. How why I got written up. So my boss was off for over two weeks and he didn't give us enough help so i worked dairy and you know my job is to keep the area clean keep the dates in check so if something's close to out of date i have to mark it down have to make sure nothing gets out of date so customers don't find out of date stuff so one of the managers in charge went through the entire department on the busiest day of the year after my boss has been off for two months and i haven't had help for over a week or enough help to actually keep the place clean so he goes through the entire department, takes pictures of everything, 
finds these out of dates and all this stuff and he basically gets me like one of the worst write-ups i've ever had i've never had a performance write-up ever so all this stuff that i probably should have had help with it all went down on me he didn't even get a write-up i got a write-up and it was just like kind of like an insult to me like i felt like man dude i've been busting my ass like this whole week you've been off you come back and you write me up like dude what the hell you know like i was trying to be as cordial as i can to this guy you know my boss you know he's my boss but i was getting really frustrated because he wrote me up when i felt like i didn't have enough help to get everything accomplished i needed to accomplish so that was a big bummer for me today uh and i had to go in at 3 a.m and clean so i'm sitting i come in at 3 a.m clean until 7 and then at 7 he comes in and writes me up so i'm like you know so it's it's not the best day ever for me today but i mean it is what it is i'll just put my head down keep working and move ahead from it but it's just it sucks when stuff like this happens it's never happened to me so it's a new experience (laughs) Hey yeah. man, I worked I worked grocery for I want to say probably six years of my life. Uh, I did probably everything you can ever think of in the grocery store, and you know, it's there's definitely those stress moments, man. Especially if it isn't customers, it's you know it's stuff getting written up, you know, like that. And it's happened to me too, where it ultimately left, you know, what's for me left her. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, my cat. No, no, it's funny. Hi, Mr. Kitty. Yeah, she's. Uh, uh, no, yeah, I, was, I was just gonna say, just you know, like it. I, I um, I got written up. I remember one time. It, it same same kind of situation happened to me. Uh, I can think of where I was working in a produce department at the time, and someone didn't show up. And I think we were like the someone. Two people were given off like the day, and the, my person was supposed to be there to help me. You know, set up the day. I was basically by myself for six hours. Mm-hmm. Boss came in and said something like i like i was six hours into an eight hour shift and i asked to finally take my lunch break and then um because i was starving and i was start started at like four in the morning or something like that and yeah. um boss came in and said oh this department doesn't look good you can't go on lunch now and i kind of <laughs> and i was like what and then you know like i remember i was just like you know i was like you know i i, I think i went off on him a little bit i was just like i've been here by myself you know this and like you know like something like that and then uh He's like, all right, fine, go to lunch, go to lunch. So I went to lunch, and I came back, and I got pulled aside uh, by the, I guess, the store supervisor. And then uh, they, uh, he had me written up, basically. So it was kind of, was, I, I didn't like that boss at all. Like, so, like, it was kind of like the last, it was the straw that broke the camel's back for, for me, basically, where yeah. they suspended me for talking back to my uh, manager. So I was just like, whatever. I, I went, I, I applied for, like, three different places, and someone called me back with during my, two-day suspension that uh that i got hired at another place so i put in my two weeks when i came back because they're like i remember my boss thinking he was all like hot shit you know thinking like he's like oh so now you're gonna fall in line and i just said here's my two-week notice when i came back and it was kind of one of those ones where like he's giving me i uh, think for them the following two weeks like you're making a mistake here and everything i'm like no I'm good you know it's one of those things it's it comes it came to a time where it's just for time for me to move on and i don't know if you're at that same situation yet or if you ever want to but yeah. It was definitely like I don't know if you if you had a boss like that or if that's what your boss is like, but you know. No, the the thing is, is yeah. my boss. He he's a super nice guy. He actually like wants to make sure everybody's doing a good job. But it's just a situation. It just I don't know. Run me the wrong way. Like it made me not feel too strongly. Like I never really had a problem with this job. You know, I go in, I do my job, and I go home. It's not never been a big deal until now. 
And then now mm-hmm. they're making a big deal out of it. Every single thing they're making mountains out of molehills, pretty much. And I'm, it, it, it's like to the point where I'm like, you know, I of course this has never been a permanent job. When I first started, I'm like, okay, this is a six month job. When six months is done, I need to figure something else out. And I've been here for six years. You know, it's that type mm-hmm. of job. So, mm-hmm. like, you know. I slowly get more and more money the longer I stay. So, you know, that's why that's I'm still here. That's the trick, you know? Yeah. yeah. So it, it'll eventually, I'm, I'll find something better and move on. But for now, I'm stuck here. You know, we just got a new place. We got more payments mm-hmm. to make and all that fun adult stuff. So, like, for me, I'm like, okay, I'm good for now. I am still relatively young. I will find something else in the future. It's just you know where i'm at for now so mm-hmm. yeah it was a big bummer so it kind of like put a damper on my day a little bit this morning and then i'm like you know i'll go home and chill and it's been better ever since then but yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh besides i guess i'll just completely just change the subject but besides that we've been watching uh do you watch better call saul like at all yep. I, yep, I, every Monday. I love that show like we binged watched uh I think it's only episode three or four now, something like that, for this new season. But we would binge watch last night. Four was last night. Yeah, we watched all of them up to there, and that show just never stops amazing me. How how perfect the camera angles are, how great the story is, and you you would think it's a boring storyline if someone just like sat you down and say, you know, this is the storyline of Better Call Saul, just the basic outline of it. You'd be like, eh, this doesn't sound that interesting. But once you get into it and the characters are so good, the acting's so good, the pacing's perfect in my opinion. Uh, It's one of my favorite shows ever, honestly. Up there with Breaking Bad, of course, which is, this is a prequel to that. So that's definitely recommended, yeah, so. Every episode always ends, like, on a cliffhanger, too. Sort of like, you know, like, oh, man, I have to wait. You know, you're looking at the clock. You're like, oh, man. You know, like, you're like, how I don't want to give away how last week's ended, but definitely ended on a cliffhanger where I'm like, I have to wait the next Monday now to see what happens. And actually, I don't know if they're going to be on next week, Monday, because it's a holiday. So, you know. Uh, I, didn't th- I didn't even think about that. So, but yeah. Have to go two weeks. So, perfect way to end a cliffhanger. You know, we have to wait two weeks, you know, for another episode. So. Yeah, we've been... Sierra and I love that show, and uh, yeah, I was thinking about that too. They did leave last season on a pretty good cliffhanger too. That was a uh, pretty dark, but it was a good cliffhanger. So yeah, that's that's mm-hmm. that's a show we've been really just devouring every time it comes out, which is awesome. And uh, I don't know. Besides that, like uh, my gaming's been pretty slow this summer. I feel like I haven't played as much as I usually do, but you know, Kingdom Hearts. I don't know. I've been all about that for some reason. I guess, I guess I just kind of got in the mood for it. So, sure. but you know, I've been, I'm, I'm about to be done with that one, and I'm probably going to be done with Dead Cells. But there's some cool games coming out, coming up. So, I'm excited about that. So, mm-hmm. yeah. It's it seems like we're still in a little bit of a gaming drought. I don't know if you're feeling the same thing right now compared to last year. And last year really wrecked gaming for people who you know purchase modern games. If you ask me, yeah. it seems like we've been in a drought for about four months now. It seems like just waiting for the next big release. And we're on the verge of, it, you know, starting to spring back up. And I think going into next year, it's going to be pretty damn hectic. You I know, mean, uh, how, we had God of War. Starts. Yeah. It was the last one I could think of. Sorry. Yeah. No. Can you no, it's God of War. Yeah. It's uh, God of War. And then what? You know, what can yeah. you think of that's come out since? You know, so it's kind of just been like, okay, I guess 
2017 was such a great year. What games didn't I play? You know, so it's I guess that's kind of where we're at at the moment until September. Until, so. yeah, and then September is just like all all bets are off, and I think every single great game is going to come out there that everybody talks mm-hmm. about at the end of the year. Which sucks because that's the four, you know, you got three months where the holidays are. You're just cramming all these games. Like, I got to try to play all these games so I could, like, at least keep up with the conversation everybody else is talking about because there's so much stuff coming out. So, yeah. You also got to kind of give up, you know, I think this is a time, too, where you kind of got to plan, like, what games do you want to buy right away? And what games can you wait to Black Friday? Because, (laughs) true. Because,. You know, Black Friday, there's going to be a bunch of games that are $20, $30 that, you know, if you can just wait, maybe even less, you might get it in that 15 to $30 range uh, where you can really benefit, you know, you just hold off. So the one thing I think I consider, which, you know, to me, there's a couple games that I'm, I'm planning on buying day one, but I'm holding off on the other ones because I'm hoping I can get them on deal for Black Friday. And, and then we can go from there, you know? Yeah, and... I mean, there's some games that came out earlier in the year, too, that would be a good time to pick up on Black Friday. Like, I can think of at least one, Onrush, which is that really awesome racing game, which mm-hmm. should not have came out at $60, but it's I thought it was a fantastic game. So, like, that would be a great Black Friday pickup. I'm sure that would be really cheap when that comes around, mm-hmm. too. Stuff like that. So, yeah. Yep. Uh, so, I, th- I think that we have talked what's happening to death here don't you think or is there anything else you can think of nah we've talked enough about what's happening what's happening (laughs) all right man we're gonna go into the next section The news of interest. The news of interest is all the news put together that we found interesting for the week. And I think you did a pretty good job. Sounded pretty oh, good. <laughs> I was trying uh, to do so, an impersonation of you, so that's why I was, I was hoping it sounded okay. It sounded good. Uh, at least on my end, so. Uh, the first news topic we have here is there is a new Smash Brothers Pro Controller bundle coming out. What do you think about this? It's basically like... Um, a steelbook and it comes with a pro controller that has white handles and a white smash brothers logo on like a clear black like the original switch pro controller on the controller's little smash logo and the steelbook and it comes uh all together for a price of 139.99 dollars do you think it's worth the price are you going to pick it up what do you think um, does it comes with the game right the, i mean besides just the steelbook right yeah it's a steelbook game and uh the controller um I think that's uh, only a special edition we actually have in the states. Actually, yeah, it kind of—I don't know. I, I would prefer a more of a GameCube controller bundle. It, the, the Pro controller looks fine it, to me. It's just I, to me, I'm still more just—I need the game more than, yeah. uh, than the Pro. I was looking at it and I love the controller, but uh, Derek uh, Dish13 he put he pointed out that there's white handles on that controller and that's not going to stay clean for very long, especially that's if you play that game a lot. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, 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 I don't know. I, I I would like another pro controller, but uh, this price is a little hefty for me. For a little buy-in, it's a little too hefty for me. Do you still have you? Do you still have Best Buy Gamers Luck Gamers Club or no? Yes, I, I still the have thirteenth to the thirteenth of September. So uh, I could still probably get a deal on this one. Yeah. I haven't checked it out in the the market, but I could still get my, probably my twenty percent off because they used to allow. Um, 
discounts on bundles. I know that. Yeah. Uh, like, if you would get, like... Uh, so it would be a 20% off 139 Well, that's, like, $30 off or so, 110 or so. I mean, if so. if they allowed the bundle to work with the Gamers Club, maybe I'll pick it up. But it's still a lot just for the game, so I don't know. We'll see for me on that one. You, you pay $112 for it. 112 would you pick it up at that price, or you're just kind of like, nah, I'll just play with my GameCube controller? It's not a bad price, but I, I still rather just, I think, pay um, the forty seven ninety nine for it, you know? Yeah, that's true. Game. Well, save the money, and you already have plenty of controllers probably laying around. I know I have, like I said earlier, plenty of GameCube controllers. And the Wii U yeah. uh, little dongle works with the Switch, too, so. Yep. Yeah. All right, well, there's that little news story. What else we got? We got a Nindy Direct. And I know you're not the biggest n- uh, n- Nintendo <laughs> indie game guy, but did you see this or did you watch this at all or no? I did this not. Did not? Okay, I, didn't I guess I'll any, just... I didn't hear any... Sorry, let me, let me cut you off, Josh. I, di- I didn't hear anyone say anything like what stood out in this Direct. <laughs> so I kind of like, passed it over with it, you know? Yeah, I've, I've, I've been running around the last two days, but, you know, so go ahead and tell me if I'm missing anything here. Yeah, this one just came out today, and uh, there's only a couple of games that really caught my eye. Uh, there's some stuff that's being ported that's kind of interesting. That like, okay, cool, they're coming to Switch finally for the people that actually are interested in that. But I've probably had my time with these games, but I'll go over those real quick. We got Hyperlight Drifters coming out, Tower Falls coming to Switch, which I think is awesome because playing that on the go with Joy Cons would be pretty fun. I think uh, we have. Let's see, Undertale, which I've tried before. I don't, I'm not into that game, but I know a lot of people love that game. Uh, Transistor and Bastion from uh, Supergiant, which is awesome. Those are both fantastic games. Let's see what else we got. I think that's the main ports, and then we got Into the, Into the Breach, which just came out today, which I know a lot of people are really into. That's from the creators of FTL. It's kind of like a strategy game. Have you ever played FTL or no? No. No? Okay. Well, I mean, it, it's kind of like... I, it's hard to explain, but basically in FTL, I've never played Into the Breach, but basically FTL, you're kind of like in space and you have to like survive, manage a crew, and go throughout these like randomly generated... Of course, it's randomly generated. It's indie games in 2017, 2016, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you go through these randomly generated areas and you kind of manage a spaceship. And then Into the Breach seems like it's more like you manage like mechs and try to take over areas and stuff. Seems pretty interesting. I know people were super excited about that one. But the ones that interested me personally off of this list was Treasure Stack, which I think looks really cool. I know that uh, P1 and Dean have actually played this game at uh, MacFest. They were talking about it. I know P1 told me uh, in... I think it was probably Twitter chat or something that he played Treasure Stack and had a good time with it. It's pretty much like a puzzle game and you you play a, like a little character on the puzzles and there's like a grapple hook inside the little puzzle thing. It's kind of like Tetris, but you play like a little character inside there making the little puzzle pieces come down, which is pretty it's a pretty cool idea. And the other game that really looked kind of fun, like interesting, I guess, Level Head. It's called Level Head. It's kind of like Mario Maker, but not. You make your own levels and you play other people's levels, and it's coming out in November. Uh, the trailer was kind of corny, but I don't know. I kind of liked it. It was, I don't know. It's stupid. You know how they have the stupid personalities and stuff. 
when it comes to those trailers, like, oh my god, this is Levelhead, blah, 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 you know, stupid <laughs> stuff like that. But I actually like the way it looked and looked like a lot of fun. If the platforming's good and the reviews are pretty good, I'll probably pick that one up just to try it out. And then the only other one, really, that stood out to me, uh, besides the fact that there's Jackbox Party Pack 5 coming out, which I think that might be the first time that's ever been revealed, which I love Jackbox. Awesome games. Mm-hmm. The only one that ever that really actually looked interesting to me was Untitled Goose Game, which is, the description for it is, part stealth, part sandbox, and all goose simulator, which basically you're an asshole goose that kind of messes with people and that's pretty much the premise of the game you kind of sneak around and mess with people and it, it just looks funny and like a good time but besides that nothing too just mind-blowing there uh but you know it was a good game a good little reveal that i think it said it there's tw- 22 little indie games there i recommend watching it see if anything see if anything catches your eye when it comes to these sure. type of things there's just so much variety that is hard for me to be like, oh, I'm interested in every single one of these. But there's a few there that I'm like, maybe I might pick that up. So that's about it for the Nindy Direct. So uh, you notice, uh, Ryan, that there's been this retro resurgence type of thing coming on the last couple have, days Josh. here. People are, what's up? I have, Josh. I have. Oh, you have? Okay, sorry. Cut out <laughs> a little bit there. Uh, so uh, Sega and, do you know? Who's making this one? This, uh, this .emu, up. I think it is, or is it... Uh, Streets of Rage 4. Yeah. .emu and Lizard Cube. The publisher and developer of Wonder Boy The Dragon's Trap announces Streets of Rage 4 today in partnership with Sega. So uh, what did you think of the trailer? Are you a Streets of Rage fan? Do you like Streets of Rage? I do. Um, I uh, the one I haven't played the third one, but I, I like the first two games. Uh, I heard a th- mixed things about the third game, so... Uh, apologize. I know the third one's kind of pricey, so I really haven't had the chance to play it, and I don't have any compilations that have it with me. Uh, but um, the the new one looks. I, I I like the look. I know that's one of the complaints people don't like the hand drawn animation. And like they they seem to want a sprite animation for it, if you will. And point what playing you know Wonder Boy. I I like the animation that they have for um for this game. I, I maybe there will be like a switch button where you can flip the like they had for Wonder Boy where they had a switch where you can flip between poly, like the 16 uh, bit and then that. Yeah, yeah. why am I saying polygon? The 16 bits, you know. Yeah. I'm thinking about the 16 bit version. I I think it's going to be good. Um now there's no I guess release window. Yeah, I'm assuming I'm assuming I'm gonna assume it's gonna come out probably next summer sometime. I'm, that's just maybe at the earliest. Um, I hope there's a but physical I, release. You know, um, I think it's a it's a, it's it's just came out of nowhere. And what I noticed is uh, this company .emu like last week announced that a sequel to Windjammers, which is mm-hmm. a Neo Geo game from 1994. You know what I mean? So. Like this retro resurgence type of thing. Everybody's like, what's going on? Why are we getting all these crazy things? Because uh, what else got announced today? Do you know? Onimusha? What's up? The, Oni, the Onimusha remastered? Yes. What do you think about that? I think that's awesome. I My only gripe against it is I wish it was a bundle with all four PS2 games on it. It's From my understanding, it's just the first game that's getting remastered. Um so I imagine this would probably be like a $20 game like they did for Okami. So I'm guessing they're doing the same. Maybe they're testing the market with it too with Capcom where they're saying, hey, we got 
all these IPs that were successes in the PS2 that we haven't touched in forever. Yeah. Maybe let's give this another shot here. Um, and I, I like it. So hopefully this is like a testing ground because I think it's the first. The good game's pretty. You know, the first game's pretty good. Um, it's kind of like a hack and slash Resident Evil, if you will. If you like that, um, the tank controls. And I heard they kind of given the second analog where you can change the camera now. Yeah. Uh, so, I was looking at this. It says, "Here we go." Uh, the remaster, which runs twenty dollars, will come with updated, featured high definition graphics, widescreen display option, analog stick cons- support, and readily available easy mode option, and a new soundtrack. So, cool. That's what's been announced so far. Mm-hmm. It's the one. first one's a fun game. Um, you know, there's nothing. I, I mean, I, I recently just beat it. Probably last October, and I used that as my O oh, for my CCAPC. Um, yeah. What do you think about I, it, like re- more of an in a modern day setting? Because I haven't played it in years, but I remember loving it. So I don't know. It it was good. Um, there are some definitely some tricky moments in it, but it it's it's fine. Um, that's my my I guess my only gripe is because I I haven't tried any of the other ones out besides the first game. Yeah. So I I kind of was hoping they would have all four games because I think that would be a killer bundle to have, you know? Like, they have the Devil May Cry bundle. Capcom has that, so why, why not... Uh, Just go know, ahead and go all in. Yeah, I yeah, get what you mean, yeah. Get, get, uh, give everyone, you know, something to try here, you know? you know, I don't know. That's, it's, it's cool. It's cool, because the funny thing is, I was just talking about this game on Saturday with a couple other friends. Um, talking about someone who just actually picked this up for the PS2 the other day. Uh, I was like... We, we, so this kind of, yeah, so he sent me a text alert this morning. He's like, did you see this? I'm like, yep. Um... <laughs> I mean, so. it's it's $20, though. I mean, I'd probably yeah. pick it up on the Switch just to play, like, mess around with a bit. Because I, I remember loving it. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> I won't like it nowadays, but... Uh, hopefully, hopefully it sells well, you know? Because uh, I think it'd be cool, you know? Yeah, I, I bet if... I feel like Capcom always does this with their, like, classic catalog. If it sells well, they... The only one I can think of that they don't do this with is Okami. Like, if it sells well, they'll probably, like, make a new one. That's what it feels mm-hmm. like most of the time, so... I don't know. Maybe they'll make a new Okami one day, but that's the only game I could think of that they keep re-releasing but never make a sequel of. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, but back to I don't know. Back to I was gonna say for Streets of Rage Forest, I wanted to say something real quick. Mm-hmm. I, I think they've earned the trust that's this dot EMU company in Lizard Cube. Yeah. Uh, with the Wonder Boy, I, I believe it sold really, really well. So uh, with. That being a dead IP, essentially, for, for Sega, I, I'm sure they're more than willing to listen to see what other you know IPs they would want to work with, because Sega Sega's name is on this. It's just they're just not making it. It's just the IP belongs to them. So they yeah. get a little chunk of the change. And, I mean, might as well. Get, you, get your IPs out there in the world, you know? And if someone, like, if they have a great developer who has an idea, why not? You know, especially if it, their last game probably sold, I think it sold over a million copies. So I'm, I'm sure it did. Like, I... I'm a huge, an- I mean, it's not a secret that I'm a huge animation fan, and just the way this looks makes me like, man, this looks like an 80s anime, you know what I mean? That's that similar tone to me, at least, from the trailer, and I, that makes me more interested in it, and I, I've i only played Streets of Rage 2 a little bit here and there, but I've never really gotten into the series, but maybe this one will make me pick it up and have a good time with it, I don't know. Try I guess out. I'm just generally, generally curious how long of a game this is going to be, too. I, I, maybe they would have safe points if it's a longer beat-em-up game, you know, or... Because mostly, you know, save, you know, beat-em-up games only have... Give you a certain amount of lives and, you know, see if you can finish the game. So it'd be interesting yeah. to see their approach and how do they make this 
Uh, do they make it a longer game? You know, how much longer? You don't want to make it too long of a beat em up game, too. So it's kind of. This is up for Maybe them to, uh, to figure out how to make it, you know? I'm trying to think how they can modernize it that wouldn't frustrate, like, modern gamers. Maybe, like, have an entire big, long beat em up stage, and then, like, between each stage, there's, like, a save point or something. So yeah. you can be like, okay, well, I can stop now if I want. You know what I mean? Maybe. Mm-hmm. Something like that. I don't know. But. Com- compared to that, I never actually played Monster Boy, but I've been wanting to play it. Like it looks really good, and I just haven't mm-hmm. got around to it. So, I, I, I love the at least the art style. So, I'm, I'm excited for people that are super into the series that they're bringing it back for sure. At the very I think least. it's just great, just great to see like IPs that we haven't seen in a long time that are successful IPs for for Sega or something like that. So keep a, keep the IPs a coming, if you will, you know. <laughs> I mean, you've been playing Shenmue, right? The yeah. remaster, or no? Uh huh. Yeah. No, not yet. Not yet. Not um, yet. It's. I got. I'm just trying to cross off a couple other games before I get to it. But uh, yeah, I'll get there. It, I played this game, you know, a bunch, a bunch of times. So it's it's one of those ones where it's just like I have it, and I might purchase it again for my Xbox. So. Yeah, I mean, I know the people that really like that series are supporting it like crazy. So. Mm-hmm. That's cool too. I, I just even if I'm not into the series I love seeing that really like revitalized sorry the revitalization of the old franchises is really cool I mean for sure the more the better in mm-hmm. my opinion so all right so there's another one I know this one this is probably the longest podcast ever made but that's sorry. that's all good <laughs> <laughs> uh, Xbox all access did you see this I heard of it uh, this new news story, this Xbox All Access is basically a pay upfront. Like, there's no upfront cost. That's what I should say. And you pay monthly for like an Xbox One, Xbox Game Pass, and Xbox Gold, like in one bundle. So, like the S one terabyte model will be twenty one ninety nine a month. There's no interest on this, and it's for twenty four months. And then the Xbox X is thirty four ninety nine a month, and uh, <clears throat> Same thing, no no interest, zero percent APR for twenty four months. And um, what do you think about this? Do you think this is like a good entry point for people for the Xbox brand, or do you think it's kind of like a waste of money? Or I know some people are kind of like really strong against this because the price equals out to about for the Xbox X equals to over eight hundred dollars for twenty four months, but that's for gold, Game Pass, and the system altogether. So what do you think? Um. I mean, uh, I think my mighty Q dog gave this like a he did the math and I think he said it's only about a three percent savings on doing this. Um, it, I, yeah. I'm not against it. It's just it's just that it's just like eh, I, I don't know. You'd probably just rather I, just pay for the save up and pay for the console, or whatever, right out the gate. Yeah, and just pay for the services as you please, pretty much. I mean, if you're, I mean, if there's no interest, that's great, right? You know, just you know, just make your monthly payments, but. So it's this is where I am at with this. Um, yeah, I'm getting my 4K TV and I'm getting my Pro because I'm getting the Spider-Man uh, PS4 Pro when it comes out on the sixth or the seventh. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, and I was like, you know, this is this is, sounds like a good idea. I could try it out because the thing is, you pay thirty-five dollars a month, and then if you want to pay the consoles off, you can pay it off at your leisure whenever you want to to get out of the contract. So you know, like it's like, hey, I got thirty-five bucks. Let's try this out, and I. I didn't get approved. My credit's that bad, so I was like, "Okay, well, so, never mind." So where do you go? So, 
so Josh, where do you go to do this? Like GameStop or Best Buy or how do you, how do you sign up for this nonsense here? Uh, it's Microsoft.com, and then you go to oh, the okay. Dell Preferred Account. Dell, and you can apply Ugh. online for the Dell Preferred Account. And if you get approved, you can do this service. But I didn't get approved, so I was like, eh. It's not, you know, you know, what I mean, it's not a big deal. I'll probably sure. my go my I, original idea was when Black Friday comes around, I'll get an X, probably mm-hmm. after everything's settled from the move and stuff. So I'm like, you know, it's not that big of a deal. But you know, I was, why not try it out if I possibly can grab it, try it out. But it didn't work out for me. But um, I can see I have a lot of family members that are kind of low income and stuff that would probably get approved for this. That I could see doing this. So. Mm-hmm. I can see the benefit for people who can't afford five hundred dollars or whatever. Even what's the X? The S is probably going for what, like two fifty at the point at this point, something like that. Uh, if, well, the X for sure is five hundred <laughs> still. Um, let's put, let's Xbox S. I can look it up real quick. Uh, Xbox I say, S. Yeah, you might be right about two fifty, but I think maybe around three hundred. You know. I'm looking at X at Walmart.com. It says two fifty nine ninety nine. Sure. Okay. For that, that. Makes sense. For just the yeah. basic white. That's for the white one. So it's probably a little cheaper than that. So, two thirty, uh-huh. or so. So I mean, I know family members that like can't afford that right away, but are interested in gaming. You know. So, I think it's mm-hmm. a pretty cool idea. <laughs> and um, I'm not against it either. Uh, that's how I'm doing my TV. I'm I'm uh, got cons with the zero percent APR for a year. And that's how I'm paying my TV off. So, you know, it works whenever you're kind of living on a budget like I am. Mm-hmm. So, not completely against it for sure. <coughs> so, uh, last news story is there's this cyberpunk cyberpunk trailer that you were telling me that you'd probably want me to try to sell to you this game because you don't know much about it, right? Yeah. Uh, I, I've heard all about it, you know, like, there's so many people just talking all online about this Cyberpunk 2077 game. Um, all I know is I think it's made by the people who did Witcher 3, if, is that correct? Yes. So, so I mean... All, all I've seen is, that, like, what, cars flying by, and people with weird haircuts, and, I guess, androids, I guess, from what I saw from that E3 trailer, right? <laughs> uh, so that's all I know. So, w- why is this game special? I, I'm not downplaying it i just want to know um i as you told me it's a 40 minute trailer that they just revealed yesterday 48 minutes long so and it's a gameplay trailer it's actual gameplay it's not just like pre-render cutscenes or something it's like uh like a slice out of their gameplay you know what i mean they probably like specifically did it this certain way and there's a narrator and he kind of goes through everything in this game I, I like the look of it. I let's. I'll just go from very basics here. It's cyberpunk. So, number, so you so, go ahead. So number one, what kind of game is this? Is this like a third third person view? Uh, it's a is it first like a person. That's first person. First person, okay. and it is an RPG shooter. So okay. the idea is you craft your character, and like you can start off with a male or female, pick your abilities, and you actually pick the storyline that the character goes through. Like I have the trailer here. There's like very specific things that they can go through. Like, let's see, I just skip right ahead of it. This is really bad radio, but uh, <laughs> Meh, uh, pretty, 
pretty much it's like uh you can pick like oh like have a tragic backstory or have a more positive backstory or something you can actually pick the backstory for the character which is pretty interesting i thought and then you could pick like luck or strength or different gun skill and stuff like that depending on these points that you can you attribute to the character so you kind of build your character how you want to build it and then you go from there and they did talk about how there's like these skills there's like classes i guess that are kind of fluid and you can change between classes as you play the game which is pretty cool and it has kind of this fallout feeling like you know when you go like the first time you play fallout 3 you kind of like exit the vault and you see like this big open world they kind of do that in this trailer where you walk out of your building and you see this huge open metropolis and there's so much busy traffic going around and you see floating cars and people everywhere it's just probably one of the more stunning uh depictions of like a living world i've seen in a video game so i mean i mm-hmm. i think the trailer is worth watching just for that but they kind of go through this scenario where you go to this person's house you jack into the head you see if they're dead and you, you see all this different like it's very grimy it has like a kind of like a campy feel too kind of feels almost like an 80s movie a little bit i don't know it has its own unique style and flair to it and i just i'm way into it so i mean it looks like a lot of fun um the only thing i kind of noticed is the voice acting can be a little cheesy here and there but i think that's kind of on purpose a little bit and uh the gameplay the gunplay looks pretty fun but i could i I'm not playing it, so I can't tell you how it feels, but it looks a little stiff from what I saw. So hopefully it's actually fun to play. But sure. generally, I I think it looks pretty fun. So okay. any questions about it <laughs> since you haven't watched the gameplay um, yet? So did they give away any story in the trailer, kind of like what your objective is, or is it just running, running, shooty, shooty? Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to remember. I I was like watching this last night, late last night. So I'm trying to remember what the exact storyline was. There is a there's a through line to this trailer here. So uh, I'm really trying to rem- I'm I'm really bad at this, <laughs> but uh, like I'm trying to just like remember the exact storyline. I know that she goes to this lady's house. And there's like a scene where he's like working on your eyes and all these different things. I, I really don't. I don't really know how to describe the storyline to you, man. I'm I'm sorry, but <laughs> I'm really bad at it. Yeah, but I mean, I just more more of the feel I had from it was more of like the tone and the the way the environment looks and the characters interacting and everything like that. I, I'm just into it. I need to watch the trailer again, obviously, but yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't know how I could sell it to you. I don't. I don't know if that's the <laughs> style of game you're like really into. But what do you think? I mean, I, I guess I. I guess I need to see it for myself, right? Um, yeah. Because I, I, I still. I still don't get quite what. I, and there's a lot of people that are really hyped for it, so it's kind of just like. Um, I don't know. That's kind of where I'm at. I mean, I, I just. I guess I need to see what everyone's talking about. Yeah, I mean, there's there's moments in here where she like basically has like this. She goes see this guy and like it's like this cybernetic implant in her hand that makes her shoot better and stuff like that where you can upgrade your character like that mm-hmm. which is pretty cool uh there's some driving scenes it feels i'm really like i said i'm really bad at this but it feels kind of like they take the best parts of like an rpg like 
deep world in like GTA where you kind of have like that open world that's very detailed and very thought thoughtful, you know, and put it together in my opinion. If that makes sense. Mhm. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> uh I don't know. <laughs> it's okay. But I I had a good time watching the trailer and like I said I need to watch it again because there's so much here to take in, so Yep. Okay. What do you think? You're going to watch it? I don't know. Yeah, I'll watch it. It's just uh, <laughs> 40, 48 minutes is kind of like, oof, you know. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I was watching it, but I was, like, kind of cooking dinner, too. So I'm like, I watched it, and I really like what I saw, but I'm trying to remember the exact through line. It's kind of, like, escaping me at the moment. Sorry. But I probably should have watched it again before I talked to you about it, but yeah. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. yeah. All right. Well, I think that's it for the news this week, right? <laughs> yep. I think we got all like covered. I said, yeah, I think that's like the longest episode I've ever done. So it's gonna. I'm gonna go ahead and wrap this up with some plugs here. You can follow me on Twitter at Frantic Society. Frantic S O C I E T Y. Can talk about this podcast on the forums at at the Cartridge Club. CartridgeClub.org/forum. Click on Frantic Thoughts, episode 65. Talk about this episode. There's also a podcast that Ryan does here, and he is at It's Rocket Sauce on Twitter, right? Correct. And Yes. And uh, what what podcast are you mainly a part of here? Oh, starting uh, next month, me and Musty Hobbit will be the official hosts going forward with Cartridge Club Prime. So, um, yeah, we will be the ones selecting the games and uh, uh, hosting it with uh, guests. I don't want to give away any of the changes yet, but there are going to be some small tweaks that we hope to make to make the show a little bit better. Um, and we hope everyone sticks along, you know, sticks around. You know, the, the bros have done it for five years, five seasons. Um, and me and Musty, we don't have a five-year plan. We're just kind of going as is, you know, and right now we're just taking one season at a time. Um, we have a as, at the moment we kind of have a general idea, general idea where we want to go with the season, but we are leaving our schedule wide open. So if things change, we can change as well. You know, uh, with our game selections, um, we're trying to make it a little bit not so much more modern. We're not forgetting retro. We kind of want to incorporate modern because it's we seem to think that was kind of forgotten for a little bit. You know, with the club that we want to keep with all generations of uh, gaming. So. I mean, with the announcement we made yesterday, we announced that uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 will be November's game of the month. Um, so that's awesome. That's something that hasn't been done since season one of the Cartridge Club. So we're kind of trying to bring that back a little bit, um, and hope we hope people who are fans of modern gaming play along, and uh, hopefully people who are also fans of retro games will also play along because we're kind of me and Musty are kind of all gen gamers, if, will, if you will. So yeah. Which we're trying to, you know, get every demographic, if you will. Yeah, just try to be as inclusive as possible. That's always the best bet when it comes to, like, a community like this. That's really awesome. Mm-hmm. So, I, I actually enjoy the episodes you guys done so far, so I'm looking forward to the future on that, for sure. That's going to be awesome. Well, well, thank you. Yeah. So, like I said, you can follow him. What's your Twitter handle? At It's Rocket Sauce. Said, you can find me on Twitter at It's Rocket Sauce. 
there you go and uh i think that's it for this episode of frantic thoughts probably the longest episode ever next to the p2 episode and i think that's probably the other longer episode i guess when i get a uh, guest on here i talk a lot or we talk a lot so i <laughs> uh, appreciate you coming on i know i was a little awkward here and there but that's just that's just me so appreciate you coming on and uh being a part of this episode well, thank you for having me, Josh. I actually asked to be on here since you're going to talk about the 64. <laughs> so thank you for having me on here. No, it's no problem, man. I had a great time. So, uh, Everybody, uh, thank you for listening, and I'll catch you next week. Bye! You can say bye if you want. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>